what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. You are celebrating death. You are celebrating the devil. You're celebrating witches and goblins and ghosts and spooks and evil and wickedness and that which is an abomination to God. That is not a good church and you don't need to be dealing with it. Well, we want to do something to bring the young people. Give them the cross. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Bibles this morning. Turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 13. 2 Kings, chapter 13, move down, if you will, to verse 4. 2 Kings 13, verse 4. And Jehoahaz besought the Lord, and the Lord hearkened unto him, for he saw the oppression of Israel, because the king of Syria oppressed them. And the Lord gave Israel a Savior, so that they went out from under the hand of the Syrians, and the children of Israel dwelt in tents as before time. And I want to use for a subject, preaching a few minutes this morning, And the Lord gave Israel a Savior. This chapter begins with the reign of Jehoahaz, king of the northern kingdom of Israel. He was the son of Jehu, who was anointed to be king by a young prophet sent by Elisha. He was anointed to be the king because God wanted him to execute judgment against the house of Ahab. And although this man was anointed of God to do just that, and he did, his son, Jehoahaz, did not follow after the Lord. In 2 Kings 13, verse 2, the Bible says that Jehoahaz did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And he followed the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which made Israel to sin. And he departed not therefrom. When the kingdom was divided, Jeroboam began his administration by erecting two gold calves. And he established a feast day similar to that of Israel, the Passover. It had all the outward religious trappings of the old worship. It had all the elements of the sacrificial system that God gave to Israel. But what he did ignored the sin issue. Had you been to one of their services, and we'll call it that for lack of a better word or lack of a better term. 
had you attended one of their services, it looked just like the old. They brought their sacrifices, they offered it up, they partook of the feast, and they went through all the motions. But there was no confession of sin. None. Does it sound familiar to you today? It ought to. Much of the modern church today is doing the exact same thing that Jehoahaz and Jeroboam did in their day. The gold calves, calf worship, the sins of the people is ignored. Paul said of the church in the last days, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1, he said, This know also that in the last days perilous times will come. And folks, you, you don't have to look at the news much to see that we are living in some perilous times. This is a dangerous age that we're living in today, and especially since the whole COVID situation. They are preparing now for the next wave of disease that's going to wipe out humanity. And especially in 2024, with another election coming up, he that has an ear, let him hear. Perilous times. And I'm afraid this is only the beginning. I think we understand the world as being a dangerous place. But I submit to you today that the church has become a dangerous place as well. Because when the church does not deal with the sin issue and give the cross of Christ as the answer to that sin issue, then the church is lifting up the golden calf and it is a dangerous place to be going. What are you saying, Brother James? I'm saying church is a dangerous place. Let me just go ahead and shell it on down to where it's at. Churches are sending more people to hell today than alcohol, drugs, immorality, and anything else that the world has to offer. When the preacher is not preaching the cross... When the preacher refuses to deal with the sin issue. Well, why aren't we dealing with the sin issue? There was a time in the church when some things was right and some things was wrong. There was a time when the church stood against certain things. I saw it on Facebook this week. Somebody asked a question on one of the groups. Is there a good church in the area that is celebrating Halloween? I so wanted to say something. I really did. If your church is celebrating Halloween, let me go ahead and tell you like it is. You are celebrating death. 
You are celebrating the devil. You're celebrating witches and goblins and ghosts and spooks and evil and wickedness and that which is an abomination to God. That is not a good church and you don't need to be dealing with it. Well, we want to do something to bring the young people. Give them the cross. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That's what our kids need today. The cross of Jesus Christ. Preached under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Folks, Satan is playing for keeps. Hell is a long time to be spending there, and our kids are going there by the thousands today. God help us. The church needs to be celebrated. October the 31st marks the day Martin Luther nailed his 95 thesis to the door of the church in Wittenberg, Germany, and he came across this truth, the just shall live by faith. The Reformation, the Catholic Church said you've got to give X amount of dollars to be saved. You've got to do this to be saved. Martin Luther said, no, you don't. It's, this, the book says the just shall live by faith, faith in Christ, who he is and what he did at Calvary. That is what the church ought to be celebrating, not spooks and goblins and devils and demons and hell and all of that evil, wicked, ungodly stuff. And you as a child of God don't need to be participating in such. 252 299 Go ahead. Go ahead and call me. It is what it is. If you get acclimated and upset with me because I've made those statements this morning, you're in trouble. If you would contend for the faith of Jesus Christ as much as you do that evil, wicked, ungodly stuff, this country would be different than what it is today. The gold calf. Lord, help us. Church has become a dangerous place. This know also in the last days perilous times shall come. Paul was speaking to the church. Not the world. Yes, the world's always been a dangerous place. More so now than ever. But the church is a dangerous place. Church, that's not addressing the sin issue. Giving the cross is the answer for it's a dangerous place. It's the same as the sin of Jeroboam and Jehoahaz of old. Paul also went on to say in verse 2 of 2 Timothy 3, he said, For men shall be lovers of their own selves. The sin of homosexuality in this country has become so accepted today that now we've dedicated a whole month to celebrating it. And folks, I understand the world out here doing that. But again, Paul is addressing the church when he said this. I don't understand a church that is divided over this issue. Furthermore, I don't understand a church celebrating Gay Pride Month. I don't. Again, it's a dangerous place. It's the gold calf. 
Well, why did Jeroboam do this gold calf? Why did he do all? He did it to appease the people. He did it to attract the people. He didn't address sin because that offends people. And we want people to come. See? And a lot of the church growth programs today, the sin issue is ignored altogether because we just want to pack the place out with people. The church is more interested in the presence of people than we're interested in the presence of God. It's a shame when the church is divided over the sin of homosexuality. Men will be lovers of their own selves. It also carries this idea. I heard a preacher say the other day, he said the way to love God is to love yourself. Now I want you to think about that for a minute. The way to love God is to love yourself. Sounds good. It tingles the ear. But it comes from the teachings of psychology. Which is the exact opposite of what Jesus said. Dana, put it up on the screen. John 12, 25. Look at that. John 12, 25. This is what Jesus said. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. You cannot mix the two. You cannot mix psychology and the Word of God. It does not mix. But oh, what an incredible mixture we have in the modern church today. A little bit of this and a little bit of that, or we'll raise our hands and say praise God while, while, while celebrate Halloween at the same time. What an incredible mixture we have today. Jesus said of the church in the last days, Revelation 3.16, He said, because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. He said, you make me sick. What an incredible mixture we have today. Paul said, 2 Timothy 3 verse 4, He said in the last days, people would be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Pleasure. Entertainment, music in the church and singing in the church used to be for the express worship of God. It used to be just to worship God and that alone, but that's not the case anymore. The music in the church now is being used to appease the people and attract the people, to entertain the people. One particular church disbanded the choir altogether, got rid of the preachers, got a praise group in, and now they've got homosexuals coming in preaching every other Sunday. We've got to have a certain sound. And don't get me wrong, I mean, when, when music sounds good, it's, it's easier to worship God. But it ain't about the sound. It's not about... The quality. It's all about the worship. Jesus said, the Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Yes, practice. Practice your song. 
Get good at it. But understand, it is not in your ability to sing. It is in the moving of the Holy Spirit as you worship God while you're singing that song. Sing from your heart. Sing joy unto the Lord. But today the singing is more directed toward the people. Let me back it up. It's more directed toward the young people than it is to God. There's nothing wrong with buying CDs and Christian music and that sort of thing. You need to buy material that can usher you into the presence of God. Nothing wrong with that. But a lot of the artists out there today, they make these albums not to usher you into the presence of God, but to usher more money in their pocketbook. Are you hearing me? To usher more money, whatever it takes. And some of these artists, they've been asked, where did you get your inspiration from? I got it from Eminem. Eminem? You're talking about the candies you eat and all some rock group or another that's popular out there now. Eminem. That's where they get their inspiration. They're getting their inspiration from artists. They know nothing about God. Some of them have even said that they worship the devil, but yet this is where we get our inspiration from. And you're putting that in your CD player and you're listening to it. You think you're coming into the presence of God when actually you're having communion with demon spirits. Demon spirits. Oh, I'm going to get ugly phone calls. I know I am. This will be aired up in Pennsylvania not too long. Ain't no telling what I'm going to get from up that way. All right. I love you folks up there. I do. That's why I preach like I do, because I love you. I didn't come here to tell you how pretty you look. I come here today to tell you what the Word of God says. To tell you what this book says, because I love you. And I care for your soul. And our churches today are worshiping a gold calf. Paul told Timothy in chapter 3, verse 5, he said, The church of the last days, in the last days, the people would have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. The power of God is in the cross of Christ. And if the cross of Christ is not being preached and taught and applied to the sin issue, then we're denying the power of God to flow in the church as it ought to. If we want revival, preach the cross. If you want revival, preach the cross. And Lord knows we need a revival today. Paul said, from such turn away churches that are not addressing sin and preaching the cross they are a dangerous place they're preaching another gospel fostered by another spirit a demon spirit from such turn away second kings 13 verse 3 
the Bible says that the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. God's anger was kindled against Israel because they had departed from the faith. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 verse 1, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Anytime Paul used that phrase, the faith, he was always referring to Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And my friend, there has definitely been a departure from the finished work of Christ. And it angers God. It angered God in the days of Jehoahaz, and it angers God today, and it brings oppression. He that has an ear, let him hear. It brings oppression. The Bible says the Lord delivered them into the hand of Haziel, king of Syria, and into the hand of Benadad, the son of Haziel, all their days. And they were oppressed. Verse 4. They oppressed them. These kings were of another religion, fostered by demon spirits. These men were leaders. And folks... Our country today is oppressed like never before, and it's because the leadership that I've been told that we elected into office. Oppression. God's people are under demonic oppression today like never before. If we don't understand the cross of Christ relative to sanctification the oppression will only get worse. Now, this oppression manifests itself in different ways to different people. Some may experience emotional disturbances. Others may experience fear and anxiety, nervous disorders, and certain types of physical illnesses. It can feel like a hundred pounds on your chest. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That's demon spirit oppression. And let me say this before I go any further. I'm running out of time. A Christian cannot be possessed by a demon spirit. Because greater is he that is in you, the Holy Ghost than he that is in the world. But a Christian can definitely be oppressed by demon spirits. See, possession takes place from the inside. Oppression takes place on the external, on the outside. Satan taking advantage of situations and circumstances to oppress. We're under attack today. And the oppression might not be because of gambling, immorality, homosexuality, drug addiction, alcoholism, the major sins, gossip, jealousy, envy, malice. 
oppression might not be as a result of one falling into these particular sins, but it might be because we're trusting in something else other than Christ. In other words, our faith has been misplaced. Perhaps your faith is in me. Or your faith is in your church. Or your faith is in your denomination. Or your faith is in something that you're doing every day. And what you're doing every day might not be a bad thing. It might be your study of the Word of God. It might be your prayer life. It might be your fasting. But why are you trusting in what you're trusting in? If you're trusting in something else other than Christ and Him crucified to deliver you from a sin issue in your life, you have misplaced your faith. And Satan is going to take advantage of that, and that's going to bring more oppression because you're never going to break out of that bondage except by faith totally and completely anchored in the finished work of Christ because when you do that, that opens the door for the Holy Spirit to come and work in your life. For the law of the Spirit of life, the way the Holy Spirit works, is in Christ Jesus, faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary. Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. The oppression got bad. It got really bad. How bad did it get, Brother James? Y'all come on back next week and I'll tell you. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.